I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be here sharing with you lessons I've learned, conversations I've had that will equip you to create new habits, challenge mindsets, and build relationships that will allow your family to thrive. Growing up, many of us were taught that when someone asks you for help, you say yes. As a mom, I've taken great pride in being able to fix problems, show up at all the times, and not let my people down. It didn't matter what I was already doing or if those things that were being asked of me were even necessary. I was going to be available. It didn't take long before this way of living caught up with me. I found myself feeling overwhelmed and dreading the ways I loved and served others. According to this week's guest, Dr. Sasha Shilkut, this often leads to feelings of immense failure, inauthenticity, and burnout. Sasha is a doctor, the CEO and founder of Brave Enough, author, and international speaker. She has taught thousands of women to achieve work-life control through her courses and conferences. In our conversation today, we talked about what the common misconceptions about boundaries are, how to know which boundaries are important to set, and what to do when you get boundary backlash from others. Welcome, Sasha. It is incredible to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super honored to be here. So a question that we ask all of our guests is, what is your family known for? My family is probably known for telling stories. We are definitely a storytelling family. We Mm -hmm. end up typically around any group of people telling stories. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, I love that. There's definitely an art to storytelling. Yes. And, and we tend to get louder. There's, you know, we, there's, we have a big family. So Mm -hmm. when we gather around, whether with, with our soccer family or our church family, we just tend to get like louder and louder. And And now how many children do you have? You have, I have four. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So that's, that's loud times four or times. Yeah. And And they're all, I have three teens and one preteen. So Mm -hmm. we're, 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 everybody has their own opinion these days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. I have teens, so I know. All right. So you're here to talk to us today about your new book, Brave Boundaries. And I would love for you to just tell us what boundaries are. It is definitely one of those words where we're hearing a lot more about over the last couple of years. But I don't know that if, if we haven't really learned about it, we might not really know what it means. And we might even have a, have a negative idea of what a boundary is. Mm. Yeah, that was certainly me before I really came to understand how vital they are. Mm-hmm. A boundary is simply a fence that protects your time and energy and helps you match what your priorities are with how you spend that time and energy. Mm-hmm. So it's just a beautiful, you know, it's a beautiful thing. Boundaries are beautiful. They're kind, they're transparent. And when we actually understand how critical they are for keeping us well, they become easier to set and they become vital to setting Mm -hmm. them and communicating them. Yeah. So what are some of the lies that we believe about boundaries, especially women? Because you focus, the book is focused on women and the lies that we believe and what we've come to believe about ourselves growing up and how that impacts how we set boundaries. So what are some of those lies or limiting beliefs? I would say the first one is that we think boundaries are just to keep toxic things out of our life. Maybe they apply to a real past relationship or mm-hmm. boundaries in our family relationships or our family of origin or our partnerships. But 
what we don't realize is how critical they are to keep the good in because anything really positive and wonderful in our life, any blessing can become toxic mm. without boundaries or what keep the good in, not just keep the bad out. So that's probably the first one. And then the second one, I think is really pertains to women is that boundaries are selfish or they're mean, or they're going to hurt someone's feelings, or they're going to ruin a relationship when the truth of the matter is that, you know, Brene Brown says all the time, clear is kind. And if you think about a boundary, a boundary is just being very transparent with what, what you want to, for your life and what how you want to be treated and how you want to spend your time and essentially yeah. what your priorities are. And if we were really transparent to one another, that's honoring one another, that's respecting one another and just being very honest about how much energy and time we have to give others. Mm-hmm. As as you're talking about boundaries, I'm thinking about expectations. A lot of people don't have clear expectations Mm -hmm. and I'm sure a lot of people don't have clear boundaries and they assume everybody is supposed to know what they are when indeed they do not. Yes. (laughs) And, you know, I see this a lot, especially with women who have, you know, families they're raising in the middle of their trying to all build a business or maybe Mm -hmm. they're running a career, they're volunteering in organizations and, they actually become angry and bitter when they're asked to do things because the assumption as a woman is that you're going to say yes. So when you say no, it's like you've done something wrong. Mm-hmm. And they become angry when when someone asks them to do something because they assume that other people know how busy they are or there's don't they know how I have four kids and I'm running these things? Mm-hmm. Why are they asking me to do this? And, and it becomes like a burden to say no, when in reality, it's a compliment when we're asked to do something. Mm-hmm. If we think about the, having boundaries, then we don't, we're not afraid when we're asked to get something, do something or give our time or energy. We're not afraid to say no when we embrace boundaries and we see yeah we see that it's just a compliment getting asked to be a part of something. It doesn't mean we have to say yes. And it protects us from having unspoken negative feelings or thoughts towards other people because it just removes the drama out of the situation and it Mm -hmm. just allows you to be more transparent. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I, right now I'm committing this chair for our school for project graduation and I'm asking a lot of people for help. (laughs) That's part of the job. And you know what? I'm actually, as I was reading the book, I was surprised the number of women who've said no to certain things I've asked them to do. So it's, so instead of being offended, I should be refreshed that all of these women are setting boundaries and men, some of them are like, Nope, not doing that. But for a while, I did operate from a place of not wanting to bother people. And it's probably the reverse of what you're talking about. Not wanting to bother them, asking them for help or not wanting to bother them to ask them things. And so it probably needs to be healthy boundary setting on both sides or an understanding of healthy boundary setting on both sides so that we can get along. (laughs) Yeah. And it also, you know, what, what I think we also need to reframe and what I've tried to learn about myself is I used to have like a specific ask for someone like, Mm -hmm. will you write this paper manuscript with me? Or will Mm -hmm. you do this with me? And they would say no. And it would just be like, okay. Instead, my question would be, should be, what can you, how can you support this project? Would you want to do something less? Could you do something differently? Because a lot of us want to give or want to to volunteer or want to be a part of something, 
but we can't do it at the level that we're asked to do it. And so we just either ignore it or we just don't even respond to the person, which is, which is poor form yeah. or we, or we just say, well, I can't be involved because I can't do all of these things mm-hmm. instead of what part of what gift can I offer? Yeah, that's a great tip. So a lot of the work I do, I work with families and I coach them around family culture. And one of the things we do from the beginning is identify their top five values. Mm -hmm. And for me, understanding what my values were helped me to say yes to the things that mattered and no to the things that didn't. I had a framework to hold it up and say, hey, I'm not interested in doing the bake sales or the library duty, but I'll run the entrepreneurship program. Understanding like what, what lit me up gave me like the power to say, yeah, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Yes, that's brilliant. That's so smart because that's part of the book in the book I talk about understanding your why, because if you don't really know what your priorities are, Mm -hmm. you don't know what your mission is. You don't know what the vision is for your life or what you want Mm -hmm. to achieve that only you can. It's really hard to set back, know what to say no or what to say yes to. Like it's hard Mm -hmm. to have a roadmap exactly how you just described. Yeah. So there's other areas besides maybe those values areas where we should be setting boundaries. So how do we know when we need to identify boundaries? Because it's not so obvious. So I always tell people, I get this question a lot, start with your biggest pain point in life. I guarantee you, if you think about maybe it's a person, maybe it's a project, maybe it's a place or something you've committed to, or just some relationship with either yourself or with other people that is causing you a lot of pain and causing you a lot of stress and or anxiety. If you think of what that is, I guarantee you that you lack boundaries. A boundary mm-hmm. is being crossed maybe continually and you, you don't recognize that that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Most of the time when we're angry at ourselves or we're angry at others, it's because we are lacking a boundary in an area. We are either struggling with an addiction, struggling with negative thoughts and really self-shame. We haven't forgiven ourselves. Or someone in our life is crossing a boundary over and over and over. Maybe it's a work issue that we don't know how to handle. So we just like avoid or shut down or project anger in another area. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people like, think about what your biggest pain point is. And when I say that, it takes people like 20 seconds. It doesn't even take them 10 seconds to think of what it is because (laughs) all of us have that thing, right? Mm -hmm. And then just imagining what it would be like, how would that problem dissipate or become less of a problem if we started placing boundaries around it? Mm -hmm. And Oftentimes we don't even recognize that it's a boundary issue or we don't think like, oh, I actually just need to put boundaries around this. I need to stop these false beliefs that I have around this issue. Mm -hmm. Um, And it becomes much more of a something we can can overcome and we can kind of work at. And it causes us to really embrace that we are in control of the situation instead Mm -hmm. of just being the victim. Yeah, that's really good. There was a situation I was in recently where a boundary was crossed and I didn't even know it should have been a boundary until it was crossed. And I debated going back and forth saying, do I tell them that this was a boundary that they crossed or should I just be prepared for the next time? And I now have put systems in place so that that won't be crossed. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Mm, That is, you know, I think this is so such a good example, because I think this happens so often that we don't even realize that 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 
was would be crossed because most likely whatever boundary that was crossed for you, mm-hmm. you would never do that to someone else. Like you would right. never think of crossing yeah. that boundary. Yeah. It's a super strong value or boundary for you. So it happens to us by people who do not ha- share that boundary or that value. And it comes at such a shock to us that we're not prepared for it. We don't even have a, a way to respond. And it's a good lesson to understand how boundaries are so individualized and they're so Mm. specialized and they're very specific and dynamic and they change, you know, what a boundary was for you maybe 10 years ago, maybe isn't a boundary now, but Mm -hmm. you needed that boundary then. So one of the things to, to recognize that other people don't operate like us. They don't have the same values. They don't Mm -hmm. have the same workflow or even work ethic. And it is hard to kind of wrap our minds around that, but we have to recognize that, you know, certainly if we have to have any type of relationship with that person or business or any dealing with that Mm -hmm. person again, that we're going to have to have a very upfront conversation about the boundary and Mm -hmm. just say, look, you know, this is not how I do life, or this is not how, or this is how I prefer to be treated, or this is not what happens here or wherever. And you you might get backlash. You often we often get boundary backlash. I call it from people who don't share the same mm-hmm. ethos or boundaries that we do. Yeah. So how do we respond to that backlash? So one of the ways is to recognize that it if you haven't done anything wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> especially as women, when we get negative feedback or when someone's upset at us or just dis- when we disappoint someone, it really feels like we have caused some, you know, problem where we have not handled the situation the best way. We have this false belief that every human interaction should be positive and wonderful Mm -hmm. and butterflies and flowers. And that's just not reality. Like that's just not how we're going to work through problems with human beings. And so when you get backlash, just recognize that you're, you set a boundary and about 15 to 20% of people are not going to respect your boundaries because they don't have those boundaries themselves. They don't, they, it's not even a thought in their brain. So they Mm -hmm. don't understand your boundary. They don't get it. They don't, they're, Mm -hmm. they're super confused by it or they're jealous of your boundary. And because they themselves don't feel that they could say no, or they could set that boundary and they don't understand why you can, and they can't when in reality they could. So those people are going to give you backlash. They may be passive aggressive about it. They may ignore you. They may actually project anger onto you. But recognize that it only happens about 15 to 20% of the time. And it's going to go away because Mm -hmm. most people are very caught up in their own life and they're going to give you that backlash and they're going to go on with the next thing. It hurts. It may not feel great but it means that you are you're living your priorities and i think we mm-hmm. do ourselves a disservice as women especially if we think going through our life without conflict is going through our life well going through your life living your priorities is how you live well and how you stay healthy and that is going to result in some conflict yeah so can you Tell us the story that you talk about in the book about your friend texting you while you were answering your emails and getting distracted. Because I think you had to set your own boundary and you had to share a boundary with a friend. Yes. Yes. So, you know, this is a very common thing, I think, for time management is all these distractions. And certainly our cell phone is a huge distraction and and people can just bother us 24-7 and interrupt us. And 
I kept answering the text message from my friend when I was trying to, you know, work on a deadline. And I was getting increasingly, increasingly angry at my friend for interrupting me. And then I realized like, wait a minute, this is actually my boundary problem. (laughs) Like I don't have to answer these text messages right now. I don't have Mm -hmm. to respond to these text messages right now. Um, I need to say to my friend, like, I I will respond when I can, Mm -hmm. not at this point. That's on me. Like that's Mm -hmm. on me to not be angry because she doesn't know what's going on in my life at this very moment. How would she, I expect her to do that. I need to be brave enough to set a boundary and say, I'm not answering my phone for the next couple hours. And then I'm going to communicate that to my friends. Like Mm -hmm. I don't always answer text messages. If I'm on vacation, I don't answer emails. They just don't happen. And that's Mm -hmm. just my boundary. Not everyone does that. Not everyone has that boundary. And I have to respect that as well but I have to just own it that I have to communicate that with others. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you meant, I I know that you mentioned a lot in the book about like domestic responsibilities and responsibilities at home. And I'm a huge advocate of your children to do a lot of work around (laughs) from cooking and cleaning. And I know they can take care of themselves, but oftentimes like this is a small boundary, but now that I'm traveling a lot, I can see where it can get out of control in the sense that, They'll leave something out that they could have taken care of. And I just swoop in and take care of it because I'm like, well, they have a lot on their plate, but I'm learning to say, Hey, like, just because you have school doesn't mean that you can't finish your chore in the morning, starting to set boundaries about what I will and won't do for my kids, which is sometimes difficult because I feel like that's what I'm here for. I want to love on them. I want to care on them, but sometimes I have to redefine what loving and caring for them looks like. Oh, it, I think boundaries with our family are the hardest to set, mm-hmm. uh, especially boundaries with people we serve are the hardest to set. Right. And, yeah. and so one of the things that has helped me as a working mom, because I'm gone, you know, a lot of the day and I work overnights at the hospital mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. would find myself like killing myself at home to like clean their room for them because I out of guilt or make this fancy meal after I've been up for 24 hours out of guilt. Mm-hmm. And because I'm like, well, I'm a working mom and I'm not here all the time and I'm a bad mom. So I have to like, you know, do all these things for them and then they'll know I love them. Mm-hmm. And first of all, you're modeling a terrible behavior for them. That's actually a really bad behavior to model. I want my kids to know that it's okay to set boundaries. Like I want my kids to be able to say, I'm not going to go to dinner tonight with everybody because I'm really tired. I had a really long week and a lot of homework and a lot of sports practices. So I'm just going to stay at home tonight. Is that okay? I want my kids to be able to speak that and say that to me and set a boundary around their own mental health. So that means I have to do that. That means I have to say, I'm not going to the soccer game tonight because I've worked 60 hours this week. And doesn't mean I don't love you. I just need on Friday night by myself at home and mom's going to stay home. You know, I've realized that like my kids actually respect that and they love me. They they don't love me for going to every one of their soccer games, especially when I'm exhausted and tired or sick. Mm -hmm. They want me to be well. They want a mom who's well so that when they have are having a problem, I can handle it. When they need advice, I can handle it. I'm like mentally and physically well and present for them. That's what they want more than anything else. So if that means setting boundaries and modeling that for them 
and saying like, I'm not doing your laundry this weekend, dude, because you can do your own laundry. <laughs> like that's what they want. That's what mm-hmm. they want from us. And, you know, I laugh, I have one daughter and she's, she has the best boundaries. Like she has better boundaries than I do. Like she will <laughs> literally just say to me, boys, <laughs> boys, I'm not going out for pizza. I don't want pizza. Yeah. I'm going to stay home and have a night to myself. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Like I would never have said that as a 14 year old girl. And she'll, right. she'll just say it. She's like, I don't want to watch this movie with any of you. I'm going upstairs to my room and I'm going to paint my nails. Like she yeah. just, she just sets the boundaries. And I'm like, you know, I am so glad because I want her someday when she's at college to say, I'm not doing that. I don't, that's not good for me. And I am not going with all of you people like, you know, and so this is what we want to teach our kids. And it's not, you know, love is not just doing and over-functioning for them. Love is helping them figure it out themselves, how to Mm -hmm. time manage and how to set boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen like, you're talking about like, they need those boundary skills now and they need to be comfortable in setting boundaries with us and with their friends. I mean, my son has his friends over and we're like, dude, you have to set boundaries. There's certain rooms they can't go in. There's certain things that you don't want them to touch. And he's even finding, yeah, I don't want them touching some of my stuff because they won't take care of it. And so he needs to learn to stand up because I would hate for him to get walked all over, you know, and then carry that into college when he's not here anymore for me to encourage him and coach him around it. Right. Yes. Yes. And I think it's really good for our kids to see that we have limits, Mm. you know, like I used to really put so much pressure on myself as a mom to have the perfect clean house and be at every, you know, birthday thing and party for them with them Mm. and just have it all together. But yet I was burned out and exhausted and barely functioning. And I thought that that was being a good mom. And now I see that it's actually good for them to see that I need rest, Mm. that I need to say no, that I have to miss things I actually want to do sometimes because it's not in the best interest of my health and well-being. Yeah. I think that's a good lesson for our kids to see. For sure. All right. So can you briefly tell us about the Brave Boundary Model? You unpack it in the book, but there's some questions that we should be asking ourselves. Yeah. So basically this is kind of how I look at the scenario that you described when a boundary has been crossed, or I know I need to set a boundary. And the first question I ask is, what do I know to be true? Mm -hmm. Because that takes kind of the drama out of the interaction between you Mm -hmm. and the other person. Mm -hmm. Maybe you might start this narrative like, well, they just asked me that because they always ask me that because they know I'll say yes. Well, maybe that's true, but maybe it's not. And does it really matter? You know, what matters is you're being asked to do something that you don't have time to do, period. It takes the drama out. It takes the negative, maybe narrative that you've created out. And it really holds the relationship to this truth. And the truth of it is that you're being asked to do something. You don't have time or energy. It doesn't mean you don't like the person. You don't Mm -hmm. love the person. Mm -hmm. The second question is, how, you know, what, what is the boundary that's needed here? Like who, where do I need to set the boundary? Who do I need? Who, what, what boundary is needed? What would a boundary look like? And then moving to, okay, what, who am I afraid, afraid of sharing this boundary? Cause who do I need to share it with? Cause I say a boundary that lives in your head is really not a boundary. You know, we can't expect other people to read our minds So, so often we have boundaries, but we haven't communicated them. And so the final thing is like setting a time and date to just 
set the boundary and send the email. And the best thing to do is just like do emails with this. Like people will send you something and you know, the minute you read it, that you don't have this capacity to do this task, but you don't answer right away. And a delayed no always becomes a yes. It always becomes a yes because then you feel bad that you've waited or then they email you again because you haven't responded. So the best thing is like, when you get the email, just go, what do I know to be true? I know I don't want to do this or I know I don't have time to do this and they need an answer. I'm going to immediately respond back with, thank you for asking me. I'm unable to fulfill this obligation or thank you for asking me. I can't do this, but thank you for asking me. Send, done. It's out, it's gone. It's You've done the brave boundary model. It's not sitting in your inbox. The more you start to do this, the easier it becomes. And you realize that people will ask you again. We have this like negative belief that if oh, we yeah. say, no, they're never <laughs> going to ask us again. Well, I hate to tell you this, but if you're someone who shows up and gets stuff done, they're going to ask you again and again. Yes. And again. yes. So we've talked a lot about these sort of external expectations, but what about when it comes to keeping promises to ourselves? How did how, Give us some, an example of how these boundaries and the boundary model works when it comes to ourselves and what yeah. we've committed to, to do for ourselves. Yeah, I this is the biggest lesson in the book for me was learning how I really had no boundaries with my own expectations. I found myself very burned out in the fall of 2020, leading a community of thousands of women and feeling like, you know, it's a pandemic, people are suffering, especially I was in my community is 95% women doctors. Mm -hmm. So they were on the front lines. And Mm -hmm. I just had all these really wrong beliefs that I could help everybody. And I was being a great Christian by helping everybody and serving and serving and serving. And what I recognize is I had no boundaries for myself. I did not have boundaries around how much time I would serve my community, mm-hmm. how much, how many emails I could respond to, how many people I could coach. And I just found myself feeling completely burned out. And at the same time, guilty that I even felt burned out. Like what's wrong with me? I'm weak. I can't do this. And I think sometimes our biggest boundaries that we have to set are with our own talents Mm. and our own expectations. Because if you asked me in that season, you know, who are the most important people in your life? I would have said, well, my relationship with God and my family, my kids, my husband, but that's not how I was spending my time. And so I had to get really honest with myself and realize that I am letting something wonderful, this amazing community become toxic because I am not keeping boundaries to myself that only I know what the boundaries are. Like only I know how many people I can respond to a day or how much energy or time I have to give this community, Mm. but I'm not keeping that boundary. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to live up to this expectation I have of myself that is unobtainable. Mm -hmm. And it's just having that reality check with yourself. Yeah, that's good. I would say that that's my biggest struggle at this point in my journey is like expecting more of myself that that need to perform. I mean, I've gotten real good at saying no to other people, but for myself trying to prove something to myself and 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 sort of protecting my own mental health by just telling myself, no, you're not going to do anymore. <laughs> yes. Well, and it's yeah. and and it's interesting too because 
if you think about the times in your life when you've really struggled with the decision, a lot of the times it's not how other people view you, but it's how you're going to view yourself. At mm-hmm. least for me, like I'll say, well, I don't want to let this person down by changing or pivoting or not doing X, Y, Z anymore. But really I don't want to let myself down. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how to handle my own disappointment in myself or my own limitations. Yeah. So yeah. I've had to get, have some pretty real conversations with myself. Like, are you just continuing to do this out of ego and pride? Cause that's not a good way to serve either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. All right. So I absolutely loved your book and I've already recommended it to a few of my friends. Oh, so I hope you. our listeners definitely will get a copy. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. You can find Sasha at becomebraveenough.com. She's on Facebook and Instagram as Brave Enough. I'll link to that, plus where you can find her new book, Brave Boundaries, in the show notes. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If so, I'd like to ask a favor. Can you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? Besides sharing this podcast with your friends, leaving a review is one of the most effective ways that you can support us and help get the word out about the incredible resources we have to offer. I'm passionate about helping families thrive and your reviews help families find us. And remember, family culture isn't about perfect, it's about purpose.